It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on UFO. So UFO, man, I've been looking forward to this conversation because, you know, they're they're a little bit up. They're one of those bands that are a little bit up. A lot of people know, and a lot of people don't know. It's um, it's people who are rock or hard rock enthusiasts, and especially people who love metal and are, are interested in proto metal. You know, UFOs at the one of the t- at the top of the list. Um, and you just you you know any there's their list of influences is pretty long. Uh, especially in the metal world, so um, you know, why don't we start in about you know what what's so unique or what do you really find interesting about UFO? I don't, I don't know. I just think they're just a just a great um, hard rock early you know sort of early metal like that more melodic power metal i I don't even want to get all caught up in these terms i I tend to do this sometimes and trip over them um they're just an incredible hard rock band um i think one of the things that so because a lot of what we do is a sort of reassessment of stuff like you were like we're doing the I'm doing the playlist and you're like oh you got to edit the playlist down a little bit I was putting on and you were absolutely right I went in and and edited today and got it down down a little bit but then you were like what about live stuff and I was like ah you know I always dismiss live things for almost any band and just because like the sound quality blah 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 right. but th- but today I listened to uh, what's their live ru- strangers. record strangers strangers ugh. is it strangers oh in- it's, it's strangers in the night That's yeah strangers it. in the night and yeah. and I listened to it and I'm like damn this is a fucking killer live record and that in itself just you know in the reassessment listening to a live record which I normally wouldn't listen to a live record by anybody um, it kind of like really proved to me just how great of a band they were i mean because it just the set from that album the the, the 10 songs that are on that album i'm like every single fucking one of these songs is a burner you know and yeah it smokes and you know you and you talked about this uh, with me last week this is a band that knows how to get into fifth gear you know and that and and you always talk about that, and I, I think sometimes I gloss over when you say it to me. But this time around, I think f- your lesson finally, <laughs> like it finally stuck for <laughs> me. It like stuck, and I'm like, here's what Matt's been talking about probably for years <laughs> about bands in fifth gear, blah blah blah. <laughs> but finally, with UFO, it all it crystallized, and I got it. And I and I think that's that that's their essence. They're just such a killer rock band. Um, with very good songs, an interesting sort of history, you know, because they had this yes. sort of psychedelic. Uh, yeah, that's stuff the thing. Early on, let's dig into that a little bit because yeah. they, they, they've kind of went like, you know, three different roads throughout their mm-hmm. career, and it was the first one where it was much more, you know, jam rock. You know, mm-hmm. and let's be clear, this is a band that you know has been around for fifty-two years, so they started in um geez when, when was the first album out like 69 ma- i 60, think uh, yeah they've been around 69 i think the album came out in 70 but 
you know, they were a jam band who I really like. I mean, I thought Mick Bolton did a really good job. I mean, I like I I reassessed it uh, to be, from listening to the earlier stuff a little bit more because I am like so into the Shanker era because that's just yeah. that's more my wheelhouse of stuff that that I that I really like. But uh, I really, I mean, this, some of the songs are on. On, on the first two albums are really really interesting and uh, they they really I mean the song the song flying I really like yeah and then uh, Prince Kajuku I like as well oh, that out that song's incredible there's uh, live footage of them doing that song uh, on YouTube that's like it's like a black and white video it's so it's it's so great I mean they're yeah that that that, that early stuff is really good well, it, it's totally different it's totally different it's, but it's really it's totally good. different and then they had that period where they that bridge where they kind of had larry wallace your boy from the pink fairies yeah. play which I, I they said that there's some bootlegs with him that are on youtube that you can find of him playing live uh there was i'd love to i'd love to check I, I didn't out. i didn't i didn't go digging for that but i am i am sure that it that it's really great but you know they make the span, and then they bring in the you know an eighteen year old, who oh god, who not only, um, you know, you're talking about Shanker, right? Shanker, yeah. this eighteen year old yeah. Shanker, yeah, and who not only just brings this new dynamic, but completely transforms the band into this, mm -hmm. you know, takes a band from where it's kind of like a Volkswagen bus, and turns it into a Ferrari that just can go do just just burn. And, you know, Shanker, to me, is what's interesting about him, what I've come to appreciate is, like, you can, it doesn't take a lot to figure out the albums that he's not playing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's a mark of quality. Would, I, would it be safe to say that he sort of injected, like, a boogie into them? And I don't mean boogie like Southern Rock. I just mean, like, that here's, just more like that, more, more of an attitude or, uh, here's what they, he, you know. Here's what he did. Yeah, I know. He, I think what he like did... Like a swing of some kind, right? I think well, that's he, what I'm trying to say. Here's what I would say. He went from a band to when you listen to their music, your head goes from side to side to a band, your head goes up and down. And you're just... Ah, like, that's great, Matt. Oh, thanks. That's, that's great. But that's... That really is. That's used... And that's what I... Like, I listen to UFO stuff and it's swinging from shoulder to shoulder. But when it's going to, like, lights out and phenomenon... Dude, but... The back of my head is hitting the middle of my back and going forward hitting the middle of my chest and it's just that that stuff that just it's just it lifts it and I, you know his dynamic I think it's also like it brought out the best in like Pete Way his bass Pete player Pete Way also helped them helped them definitely as a bass player which is was uncommon and still to this day in some ways he kind of elevated them also and and the swagger attitude department but also he wrote a lot he wrote a bunch of songs as well so um and but i think he left the band i think by 82 was he gone in 82 i think well, I, i'm pretty he sure he was. was on let me i'm i'm i mean he was in the i remember looking over this because i was really interested in seeing the um you know he let me see he was on i mean i believe he was on heavy yeah, he was on heavy petting, so and he was on obsession, I believe too. I believe so. And was he so, on force it? I th yes. Yes. Yeah. So the thing about it, I guess, with the Shanker, I think what he did was 
he brought more out of Pete Way and Andy Parker. Like they, like they were really good in that first iteration where it was more space rock and jam rock. Mm-hmm. But he kind of, I think he untapped something in those two because it's like their playing changed. Their playing was great on the first two albums, but like when they got into the hard rock stuff, man, they transformed themselves as well. And I think it was something that was latent that they untapped and they just brought it out because his Pete Way's bass playing got much more dynamic. Andy Parker's like, you know, like songs like Dr. Doctor, like his ride on Dr. Doctor. I mean, that's one of the highlights of that song for me, especially with the live version where he's just fucking beating the shit out of the top of the ride cymbal and just, you know, living. And it's just like, it just brings up the song. So it's not only that Shanker's riffs and his guitar playing are so dynamic. He, I think he also brings that dynamicism, dynamicism, I, I butcher that word. Is that a word? Yeah, Is that a word? <laughs> I, th- I, I think it could be for someone who barely graduated college, probably. Um, it, it brings out their, you know, their strengths in doing this hard rock thing as well. I came into UFO, this is really the principal way, it was through Boulder, a band that I put out on TP in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh yeah, Double Flying Bees. That's right, and there was a lot of imagery on there, on uh, The Rage of It All, and uh, Reaped in Half, and these records that I put out, and it was like, in the, and then on their liner notes, it would thank like Ken Hensley and Phil <laughs> Moog and stuff like that, and I'm like, who the fuck, what, who are they talking about? And then I would go back and and uh, oh, they're talking about Uriah Heap. They're talking about UFO, yeah. and um, and I'm like, and then they were like, and then a lot of their songs were sort of like nods to UFO. You know, um, uh, it's, uh, the song titles were just rearranged versions of 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 Lights Out, and uh, you know, they they were just, and I was like, man, these guys are really obsessed with UFO. And then the graphics themselves, right? Uh, uh you know. Were, were sort of like you know odes to all these bands them as well yeah, yeah, as well right, as uh, Boulder were Boulder were obsessed with UFO but they were just as obsessed with the band Riot. Oh yeah. Um, so that so like that, that, my, that, yes. So that band, so Boulder were the band, and now Boulder is Midnight, who are immensely more popular than what Boulder was at the yeah. time. I think when I put Boulder out, like nobody was ready or yeah. willing. Um, so, uh, they were the ones that sort of like got me back in, into UFO, um, just through their sheer, uh, 
worship of the band and then and then i started to make connections on their song titles and their artwork and stuff and it just like made sense so that that for me was the the thing and also the they thanked phil move like i said earlier and that and i come to realize from reassessing um reassessing ufo in in the notes and stuff that he's the only guy that's been there he's the only original member that was there from the beginning and made it all the way to I don't know, 2018, 2019. I well, heard it, that he retired in well, 2019. Well, the, the, I, I read up on that, and he was going to do, they were going to do a UFL cruise, and after that oh. cruise was over in 2020, he was going to retire. And that was plans that were made in 2019, that they were going to do some touring, mm-hmm. put out, put something out, and then do a UFO cruise. Um, and then he was going to be done with it. But he said he was going to maybe still record and do other things, which I don't know why you would do that, but... I, I understand the thing of putting the chapter of UFO to bed and doing it on a well, the cruise sounds cool. Um, Instead, he's doing a COVID cruise. Yeah, which is just the trip from your kitchen to your bathroom, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he could, or he could have uh, linked up there with Jackal and done that, uh, that well, shit in Sturgis a few weeks ago, where it now right. uh, now we're reading is a super spreader event for COVID. <laughs> Yes. Bunch of fucking jackasses. But, I can't but, believe but, it. But auto reverse is supposed to be a nice respite. From, I know. Um, I know. From, I'm sorry. That's I'm all sorry. right. I, I've been. I've been biting. I got calluses on the inside of my lip from biting it as well. There's easy. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. easy to get into this. But you know, the, the, the I think the reason why we bring this up uh, because in the '70s they weren't. You know, UFO wasn't at the level of Thin Lizzy, Aerosmith, even you know like Heart. Uh, the Nuge and everyone else like so I my cousins who were in the rock really didn't follow UFO they were they're like second tier you know rock that's right rock yeah. uh, champions uh, hard rock champions and actually kind of cutting a little style that was a little harder and less middle of the road than those other bands um, and I found out about them. I had a friend who gave me a mixtape uh, in the 90s and it had Rock Bottom on it. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I immediately called him up after I received it in the mail. I'm like, dude, who is that third band on side B? The Rock Bottom song. And he's like, UFO. He's like, dude, you don't know if UFO? And he's like, I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, get a pencil and paper. I'm going to write down what you need to go get. And he, you know, listed out, lights out, and... You know, get the basically all the Shanker stuff. I don't think he put heavy petting on there, but he put everything else on there. Um, and I dutifully went out and got it. Um, and yeah, it's just like opening a vault. I mean, there's a lot of bands. Like, I mean, I had this with Atomic Rooster as well. It's like you get into them, you're just like, why have why weren't these guys bigger? Because simply their music and the, the writing are so, at such a level you're just like okay one song you can kind of say okay they wrote rock bottom and that was it and that was what i was thinking that i was gonna kind of stumble onto um that yeah, i was gonna listen to a bunch of songs that were not at the level of rock bottom and rock bottom is a great song but by far not my favorite ufo song um maybe the one of my favorite live versions versions of ufo but I mean, it's just, it's a, it, you know, I just think that they just have, it's like an all-star lineup in terms of people playing at their height of their powers, like Phil Moog's voice and his phrasing and his lyrics. It's all interesting. I mean, even when they added Paul Raymond, the keyboardist, which I got to tell you, when I 
turn listen to live versions and that keyboard kind of pumps it through a little it's too strong i'm like i didn't sign up for this this is not the ufo <laughs> i signed up i like it i don't mind it but i need it like severely in the background like even the, yeah. the cowbell should be far ahead of the keyboards but i understand why they did it and you know the later albums i think you know the thing about shanker being in the band i think it gave them a sense of like this is who we are and when he left and they you know the what was the album after that um when shanker uh, left yeah, it was no called, place uh, no place to run no uh no place to run which which oddly enough i really like uh, uh yeah, that's a I record was... i re I, I i know it's i know i know i know you're probably going to disagree no. but i've reassessed it a little bit and i like it no There's no some i like it stuff on it what i was going to say is like paul chapman is a really good he's a really good if you had to fill in with someone he did a really good job and no place to run i like that album i don't like they it. were trying to they were trying to be more pop on that album which well, that's was a, interesting to me and also george martin produced yeah, it yeah isn't that crazy that's crazy yeah it, it did pretty good in um britain it got like it you know sold well and I don't yeah. know how much of that is just because oh, curiosity and how much of that's George Martin and how much of that is just pure France. But I will say that, look, I, No Place to Run is really good, but that was basically under the, the downfall from there because they did go middle, like try to get a little poppy. Like, <laughs> So I was listening to the playcast. I was telling Tony this. I, yeah, I was telling you this. I'm like talking like I'm in front of an audience. I was telling you this <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> Uh, I was working out and I put the playlist on shuffle and I got a, I got all post Shanker ballads and and I was like oh my god this is I am never gonna get through this workout because there's, there's no burners on this that's gonna really pump, get my blow it was all these little sappy uh, ballads which I understood why they do it because that's kind of like Scorpions made that kind of transition as well and that you know in the 80s is a little bit more uh, lighter touch stuff. You know, they, they could have picked, they had two routes they could have picked. They could have went ballads and AOR and middle of the road, and they could have went head on into the metal scene, and they could probably have done that really well too. But they, but they, you know, they chose the, I wouldn't say the easier path, but the one they felt most, more comfortable with. But No Place to Run is a good album, but everything after that, it just is a slow decline into head Yeah, like there's some good, there's some interesting tracks like on Mechanics and on, um, what's the other album has a long title, The Wild, the Wild the Willing, Willing and, and, the, the and the Innocent. And there's some band. interesting tracks, but even like, you know, I put a bunch of those songs on the playlist and then when you were like, yo, edit that shit, I went in and I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to edit mostly from. <laughs> it's like this post 80, like post Shanker, like 80, and on like 80 81 82 83 and it, that's where i started taking stuff out yeah you know they didn't like i think the band even after chapman like when they had uh vinnie moore who i remember yeah vinnie moore yeah from guitar player mr yeah uh -huh. and he's really good and they had uh neil carter come back playing keyboard like i just out of curiosity listened to the last three albums while well, listened to quote unquote meaning two or three tracks and yeah. it wasn't bad. It's just not the sh shanker. And, you know, there's a line that uh, our buddy Dean Rispler says, there's only one UFO, and that's Michael Shanker UFO. And I, I it, mean, he's, he's, he's right, but, yeah, he's right. He's right. Um, it's, it's hard to He's decline. right, yeah. 
It's hard right. to find. I usually agree. I usually agree with him on stuff like that. Um, the the other thing that fascinated me about UFO, besides their music, is the cover to Force It. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there's a clean version of that cover, and there's which I believe it was most. I think was mostly sold in the U.S., and that's what I got uh, originally. And then there's the uh, the un uh, you know unedited. Uh, um, what do you call it? Um, you know where they, they. So basically, so give people some background. It's a hypnosis cover. So that company right. that we've talked about before that did all the um, Pink Floyd and uh, Zeppelin records, really sort of high concept uh, art art direction art art firm that did right. lots of covers, rocks and music, whatever. They did that one, and they used um, what's his name. Um, Genesis P. Orridge and his girlfriend at the time, Kosi. I can't. Let's see if I can pronounce Bonnie, her name. Bonnie. Um, uh, Bonnie. Kosi Tutti from Kosi oh. um, Tutti yeah. from Thro- Throbbing Gristle and Psychic TV. The those two people are like naked in a bathtub, going on going after each other, and there's just all this weird like like shower head software all like you know like I mean not software hardware all like. Right, kind of like bordering the cover. It's just like really weird, and futuristic, and sexual, and S and M E, and and it's and then they use these. And I didn't know about the, the uh, hypnosis using um, uh, Genesis, Genesis uh, right. for the cover. Apparently, they were friends with the people at Hypnosis, and they said, "Hey, you want to do this fucking photo shoot?" I don't think Genesis was necessarily a UFO fan, although I could be wrong. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, and then I and it's funny. I got that hypnosis book recently, and they they show you the difference between the the UK version of the album cover and the US version of the oh, album man. cover. And I know I'm getting super nerdy here, but no, I, no, I was always, always fascinated by that image. And I think Force It to for me is like the album where they really cemented their style, that more yeah. like crystally hard rock shake your ass kind of shit like that's where they really did it and such a great album for it it's it's yeah it oh, is. it's it's it a is. masterpiece you know and i think like again it's like the the band really just brings it all out it's like really good songwriting but they're all like providing like really dynamic songs that they're just a, it's a fun listen and it's an interesting listen too because they don't really stick to one sort of style of you know rock i mean they don't not saying that they are like someone who has like a master of all trades, I think they have a bread and, bread and butter thing that they really do really well. I think though that the songwriting and the type of songs and the riffs are really varied and it's, and it's a great album. And you know, when they brought in Paul Chapman, I think they kind of moved away from that and just kind of really tried to put a stake in the ground and maybe could have been the reason why Pete Whaley uh, left to go to uh, Fastway. Fast Eddie Clark, both of them, uh, both of whom passed away uh, last couple of years, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Pete Wade passed away a few weeks ago. Yeah, and about a month, Fast yeah. Eddie Clark died, uh, passed away, I don't know, last year or the year before? Yeah. Um, that Fast Way record's great. Dude, I love that. I love that album. Yeah. I used to, I know, we, I, we used to I've warm I've traded up. it away twice and <laughs> then repurchased it again. It's like, it's one of those. It's like someone that you kick out of your house a bunch of times, but you always let them yeah. back in again. It's I would like play that's that, that record. When I'd warm up, do sound check, I'd play Say What You Will all the time because that was yeah. a fun little riff and a fun band and then it will release. Yeah. 
But, you know, like, you know, and Shanker went to do Michael Shanker group, which I guess Pete Way played on an album or two. But, like, that was a great group. So, yeah, the first uh, Michael Shanker group record, which I picked up recently, is a great, is a fucking fantastic record. And again, it's that kind of like that pre, kind of like the Scorpions, where it's like, yeah, they, they, these guys like bridge that gap of like sort of like, hard rock into metal like they were that these are the bands ufo michael shanker uh you know that kind of like scorpions uh even like judas priest like kind of just like they're the ones that kind of yeah you know they that and then and then influenced like maiden and metallica and and yeah and even and in the case of ufo somehow the ufo definitely um influenced like a lot of the hair metal bands too which uh, is a good thing, I guess. Um, although yeah. I have, it's, yeah, you know, I have good. some problems with metal with some of the hair metal bands, but you know, whatever. Some of it's it's a, it's a guilty pleasure. I li- I can listen to that all stuff right. all the time, like just not the ballads, just not the ballads. I don't, can't deal with the hard the harder stuff, like Home Sweet Home. No, I I mean I just don't like ballads. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I you know I I have a wife who we watch rom coms, and that's basically my sentimental side. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I forgot that. After UFO, Shanker played uh, for played with the Scorpions on that Love Drive album. Great album. Yeah, because I remember there was a, a bridge in there, and then he went, yeah, and did that, and then did Michael Shanker group. And there, he, I mean, he played like uh, speaking of Dean again. He went to that Shanker fest, and they, where he had all the, the, <laughs> the he had all the the uh, singers, a Barton, mm-hmm. uh, Graham Bonnet, who's like one of my favorite rock singers. Mm-hmm. And he said it was an awesome show. He says he said it was a little long. It was like four hours long, but it was, you know, it was you know, Shanker just just ripped, and they put on a really good live show. And you know, it's it's one of those things that you think about. Like if UFL would have kept with Shanker, I just think those two. There seemed like you had two personalities that were, were just couldn't get along together, and that's you know, that's you know, that tension usually builds great music rather than. But it's a hard thing to manage, and it takes a lot of people like looking at the bigger, bigger picture. And you know, when you're having some success, looking at the bigger picture is not as uh, seems to be not as as important as just fixing or getting what you want now, um, and servicing your ego. Which you know, it's like handling explosives. (laughs) You know, that's what it is. It's like you don't know. It might blow up in your hands. It might. You might fucking bring down a building. You might really have fun. You you, still, you don't know. Yeah. You know it's it's and it's you're talking about people. You know. Yeah. People are completely unreliable. Well, they get less reliable when there's a spotlight and people are clamoring for them. And you got people yeah. here saying, you know, you're not getting your fair share, or you need to be get. You know, people are saying this, and there's all kinds of. Yeah. Why are we so attracted to this, though? It, I mean, not, not to and not to get too deep. I know I got a little deep on the COVID thing earlier, but why, why, why are we so attracted to this well, sort of thing? It's like funny. I think though that it's not. It's it's something that take, being a musician takes a, a, a discipline, a great discipline in many areas, and <laughs> most places don't require that because it's there's fallbacks or there's nets safety nets that you can lean on or fall into that will that will take that for you like there's an hr department there's other things there's yeah things that will kind of support it or your fam you have your strong family but if you're on the road and you're in a studio 
I mean, that's basically you're swimming with sharks and trying to figure out what's going to work. So you either have to make the extra effort to build a bond with everyone and understand that you have a way of talking. And I just think that sometimes, look, great tension creates great art. And, you know, people, they're struggling, they're searching, they're looking for answers. They sometimes find it in the, in the release of, a, you know, making a great song, writing a great lyric or finding a way to push their band to do something different and more exciting. And, you know, that's, that takes a lot of, you know, how Shanker started when he was 18. He was probably 24 when they broke up or something. And, you know, I remember when I was 24, I, I had my fist up half the time. You know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't really want to hear too much. I was listening, but not listening as much as I'm listening now and looking for answers now. So that's a lot to ask. And being on the road is, 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 you know, trying. So we're attracted to it because of what the product is. The thing is, is the interesting part when we get older is like, how did they manage all that? And why didn't they, why didn't they try to keep it going? And, you know. Yeah, they weren't, ref they weren't reflect, reflecting on, on what they were doing. They were just doing it and just, you know, they were pushing forward. It's like a, it's like a train on the tracks. It's right. just like, it's just, it's just going. And I think that's what I'm attracted to about the whole thing. It's that, that sense of just doing it and going. Cause I think even though I'm me and you are around the same age and we do a lot of, we have kids and we reflect a lot. I think I, I still like in some ways operate, um, a lot on just doing shit, you know, even though like I used to get paid to do music stuff, you did too. And now, and now not, and I didn't say a lot. I just said, we got paid. Yes. Um, thank you. So, uh, and so, and, and now that we're not getting paid really to do it, if it's still, it's still something I want to do because I, I don't know, because there, there's an acceleration want, to it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're talking about the train. It's like it's not. It's a train that's moving. Like you like the that there's about a part of it that has a sense of danger and out of control. And there's something that you can get into that you don't know what to expect. And I think that's always what I like about, you know, even when we do the episodes or we go look into the band. It's the the uh, the how much in, it's the anticipation of like what am I going to find that's out? Right. And like those that, that those like few minutes right before a band hits the stage. Yeah. That that time right there. The band is like a shaman. Yeah. You know, they're getting they are getting themselves uh, you know, um they're putting themselves in a trance so that you will also get into the trance. You'll yeah. you join in the trance. Right. And that's that's what all, all these like sort of rituals that we're talking about pre you know, right before the set, the smells, the someone line checking, like all that stuff, it's part of that the shaman's work you know to yep. get you in the mood ufo man I, I that's that to me is some shamanistic shit like yeah. and, and not and not with with sitars and 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 tablas but more with just like you know you know electric guitars and 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 they really like i i, I never saw them play but i could almost sense what their shows could have been like just from listening to their records i can i can yeah. sense i could sense well, that and, and, there's something really exciting there yeah and i think that you know especially the playlist that you uh, you did and putting some 
live stuff that counterbalance the, the studio stuff shows like what an exciting like what a what a just a, you know a band that just could bring it uh on both the studio and in the stage and you know that's rare i mean there's bands that are definitely better live than they are in the studio and vice versa but yeah yeah this was something uh this, i mean i think everyone's gonna really like the playlist for ufo because man it's just kind of highlights what makes it them so great and i and i made it i made it shorter yeah and we, people we, out and if people out there think our playlists need to be shorter than they are let us know yep uh, auto reverse pod at gmail.com let us know or just let us know on social media we're on facebook and instagram all right all right so until next time peace